Welcome back, guys, to the You Like That podcast. Isolation sessions. You're back with me, Adam, again. We are still away, isolating. Well, not isolating because we still work because we're essential. Um, coming at you again for the second part of Ariasta Week. Uh, today, I'm going to be looking at Midsommar. Uh, if you caught Jack's episode the other day, he did Hereditary, the first film from the director. Um, and today I'll be looking at his second film. So, hopefully everyone out there as well. Hopefully still healthy. Still looking after each other. Doing what you can to do your part. Having some fun listening to our podcast, hopefully. I've had some good feedback from the last couple episodes. And I think us getting into our solo episodes is starting to really broaden our review mind thing I fucked that up so disregard it I'm not smarter anymore that's that was a lie no but we, we've been getting great feedback so thank you to everyone who has reached out and said some kind words and these times it helps us build up some confidence to keep doing this shit and trying to be funnier to what we can be it can only go so far um so with that being said let's jump into Midsommar the 2019 cult-driven horror drama artistic movie that I didn't get instantly. And I don't know if I'd get it now. So there's going to be two sides to this episode. There's going to be... I'm going to tell you how I thought about it before I had to read and listen to other people explain it. And then after I listen to that and got a bit more of an understanding because it's two different sides there. So, Midsommar is a film on relationships, control, weird communes and rituals and all that religious weird shit that happens out in the bush somewhere. So, you have... The main girl, Danny, whose sister killed their parents, um, and she now goes on a trip to Sweden with her partner and her friends, and everything unravels to be more than what they were expecting when they were going there. So, before I get into anything else on this movie, here's my initial spoiler free I guess sort of take on this um I don't know who can watch this movie not everyone can watch this movie this is a movie where if you like to think about movies drive your own thoughts think about you know create your own theories of all these different symbolic meanings um any metaphors anything that drives a movie because it's, it's not straight up in your face you have to think about the bigger picture at hand and it's it's up for interpretation there's many ways that you can look at it it's not it's not locked into one sort of way you know i'm sure there's more than one right answer to a lot of the questions that people would have in this movie um for me i i i i dumb i didn't know what to ask i don't know it's it's well it's it's really well made 
it's definitely a really well made movie but I'm not the type of person that can instantly watch a movie like this and understand straight away what's happening why these parts are taking place what every little thing means I'm not smart like that I don't understand that stuff instantly straight away but once it's sort of explained to me a bit then I'll, I'll kind of catch on a bit but I don't know if that drags away a movie for me and it, it kind of did when I finished watching it and I thought Ooh, I don't think it was a great movie but after reading I'm like mm, 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 yeah okay I guess yeah it was, it was okay so if you, if you haven't seen this movie and you want to watch it just know it's not for everyone this is not a movie made for everyone because there's a lot of people that aren't going to get this movie they're going to think it's boring they, they, they were expecting a horror movie more shit to happen don't expect that expect a more artistic driven open your mind figure it out type of follow on story type deal it's so hard to even fucking say, tell you guys how to fucking watch it. So, after watching it the first time last night, it, um, yeah, it, it kept me going for the whole time. It, it has these weird tones throughout the movie of trying to get you to feel different ways, similar to that of what Hereditary did. And personally, I, I did enjoy Hereditary more. I thought it was definitely a, a much better, tense, thought out, crazy movie um Arias is gone and you still fight along the plot of religious cults you know there's just there's a, a brooding sense of some religious deity that you know both movies represented in a different way and a different type of deity in that but the, it's a similar pathway it's a very similar pathway it's just one's more out there and one's more you know close knit in one small community in a city area and this is like a proper commune that's been happening for thousands of years so there is difference between the two but the tonal shifts are definitely similar in creating tenseness um creating a foreboding sense of what to expect how you should feel about certain situations because there's many different situations where you can instantly feel different. Like, uh, I know. So my sisters tell me that it's, it's, it's horrifying, uh, to the, to the story of what's happening. So what you're seeing isn't particularly horrifying at the moment. At times there are, hor there are horrifying moments, but generally it's more in regards to what's happening. This, the, the, the ritual, the sacrifices they're doing, it's a horrifying scenario to be in and 100% it is but portrayed throughout a movie it's I didn't think it was too horrifying it's I don't know it's just a thing it's, it's just a it's horrifying definitely for some that can say yeah it's horrifying I don't even know I'm saying horrifying too much and I don't I'm losing the sense of the word now it's terrible some things that these people are doing but it's the same type of ritual deal that's in a tight-knit community that happened for thousands of years some things are horrifying and it's different because it's happening now 
It happens every 90 years, so it's like, it's only once every 90 years this shit happens. Every other year is pretty fucking normal. It's just, you know, as movies go, it's at that exact time. This is what it's going to be. So, I can understand, yes, there are horrifying moments, but it's just not, I'm not kept horrified that whole time. But glimpses are definitely horrifying of it. Um, there's other ways to feel a little bit sick, which, when it comes into the the blood and the sacrificial, the gore factor, uh, it's, you know, props to, to Ari Aster and his team, definitely focused on the brief glimpses that they'd give you of these, you know, sacrificial moments. They're full on. They're fucking full on. So those will definitely get your stomach turning if you don't do good with, with all that sort of stuff. Um, and then there's just other, you know, most other times it's just trying to feel tense throughout it because you're watching these, these group of friends come through from the start of this festival, ritual, whatever you call it, to the end of it. And it's, it's, it's definitely a ride between them. And you're constantly left wondering what, what is going to happen next. And there are moments in this movie where you will find out. So I'm going to get into those into a sec. So just, so my initial, initial thought before reading about anything that this movie was, and trying to understand it, was that, yeah, it was a movie. Okay, it was some sacrificial ritual, religious pagan bullshit. Kind of slow for me. It was good. It was definitely good. Great scripts. It was great. It was well acted. Um looked beautiful and it was like yeah okay but I instantly knew that I couldn't tell everyone to watch this movie I can't go out and say Yo, you need to watch Midsummer." I can't I couldn't I watched them like oh, I don't know who to tell about this I don't know who's going to like this movie it's going to be a set audience but I knew that there was more to it that I just needed to get explained to me to understand it more so Good movie, great movie, okay movie. Watch it, don't watch it. I won't tell you. So, getting into the movie now. We'll start spoiling the whole plot because it's just... You, you don't understand why. So, the movie is a very, very hard-hitting open of the main, the main, the main girl, Danny, who's been emailing her sister, who has bipolar, and the last email from her sister is just saying, everything's going black, mum and dad are coming to goodbye. And you instantly know that's just a suicide note, basically. She starts sketching out, calling her boyfriend, crying. You instantly get this hit of, they might break up because they seem like they're on edge. The boyfriend doesn't seem invested. She's just sounding crazy and shit, whatever. Um, going through a bit more of the movie, uh, not too long, a couple minutes in, and she calls her boyfriend again in absolute hysterics. And Jack mentioned this in Hereditary that Arias has his way of getting his actors to cry. And it's that's the terrifying part of this movie. It's how much fucking Florence Pugh cries like a like just wails. She's not crying, she's fucking wailing. Every time she cries, it is it is sickening. She, and you're hearing that through the phone, and it's bad. And then there's some great camera work of being panned over to her, her parents and sister's place where 
these firefighters in the garage and you can see these gas lines coming out of the two cars in the garage. Both cars are on. You know, it's there's some sort of, you know, toxic carbon monoxide, whatever it is, comes out of the car. I don't know science shit either. Gas. Gas comes out of it. Um, follow the hose lines up the stairs. One goes into the parents' rooms. The door's duct tape shut so nothing can get out. And you see the parents, they're just peacefully dead in bed. And then it pans around, goes down the hallway, and all you see is sitting on the ground against a desk is the sister with the hose straight in the mouth, duct tape around, and she's just gone. And then it pans up to the camera of the email saying goodbye, and then six new messages waiting to come from Danny. And then it flips through. Um, she's obviously grieving. The boyfriend is still with her, obviously. It's a shit time to leave someone. Um, you meet all these friends, and they're planning a trip to go to Sweden. One of their friends is an, is an exchange student. He came over here to do some work. He's going back over there. He wants to take his friends so that, that they can experience the Midsummer Festival over there, in where in the little commune that he lives um, in uh, Helsingland in Sweden. Uh, the commune called the Harga, however you want to fucking say it, I'm not Swedish, and he believes it's just a, a very good festivity that he would love to share with his friends, obviously doesn't divulge the actual severity of this commune and what this festival is you know, coming to be, it's a once in 90 year festival and obviously you go, oh yeah, they're, they're, it's not going to be seen for another 90 years. Let's fucking go see it. I'd be mad. So he invites his girlfriend. She says she'll come. His friends are like, oh, okay. He's like, no, nah, she won't come. You know, I'm just inviting her to be nice. She comes and get on the way over to Sweden. Get into this commune. Um, and then this is where just drugs just kick into this movie. There's so many shrooms in this fucking film. It's ridiculous. It was just like... You just go and just take shrooms for the whole time and then you're done. How easy to make this film. You just get him to take a shroom and then you can easily just alter the film to be all shaky and wavy and... You know, like someone's really fucking tripping. So... Get there, they start taking these drugs already out the, out, out the gate. And... Rituals start happening. Um, very simple at first. I just meet a lot of people, see how they are. Two of her boyfriend's friends are anthropology students, and they want to write a thesis paper on this commune and that. So they're all trying to get, you know, information to what they can about this place, what they do, how they act, and you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty slow and and steady. From this point, it's it's all like you're looking in the background of all these people in their white robes. They're doing all these weird, you know, ritualistic or just weird commune culty shit of just doing weird dances in the background and just just weird weird stuff. I see these people; they're just fucking whacked, man. All you hippie cunts are fucking whacked. So start meeting people, meeting elders, and that. Um, and then 
everything starts to this is where you you want to start paying attention to background scenery there's a lot of paintings in this film and these paintings are your standard ritual paintings they they symbolize a ritual or a, a, a process in sacrificing something or creating something it's all painted it's all in text it's all there and it's all there for you to see as well and there's a lot of it so you don't know which could be real what's going to happen here but pay attention to it because it's it plays in to the end game so it's more once you start trying to find things in this movie to really try and get a grip on and start thinking ahead of like what you think is going to happen you, you, you can't and because even if you try there's only one there's only one part that I thought would come to fruition which was it was the long painting that Simon and Connie were shown of the uh, the, the love spell trap where the, the woman sees a man that she you know, is infatuated with trims her pubic hair and puts it into food puts her period blood into a drink gets him to eat and drink it and then he suddenly falls in love with her they have a baby and because of how that's shown you think that's that's going to play into account and then you start getting that when Danny's Danny's partner Christian is kicked by this girl like a little love tap who um has has eyes for him she has eyes for him that De- is definitely apparent in that um she's going to want to try to get with Christian that that's who her eyes are on and that's where this love spell could could come into effect so that's the f- that for me that was one of the only painting scenarios where I thought okay this this could be something that, that, that that's going to happen but there's a whole lot of other paintings in that where you're just like I oh, like the, the place is covered in them but they're really well done and it's there could be more there could be more of those paintings that, that show more but it's going to be one of those things where you have to go back and, and watch again and try to focus on Ah, I can't be fucked to do that. I don't know if I'd watch this movie again, to be honest. So, after getting through that, is when the rituals start to to start to kick off because this is like a few days sort of thing for this whole ritual to to succeed. So they send them all to bed, and you know, they're all looking around all this shit and and such. And the first day begins. The next day, they're all at this table, which is you know in. Uh, laid out into a certain shape, which is obviously one of their um, one of their sacred rune letters or something like that. I don't know what the fuck you'd say it as, but um, and then you see there's two elders. They're they're in their own blue robes, so they're different to everyone else wearing their traditional white. And everyone's everyone's upstanding, and all the friends are sort of saying, well. How do we know when to sit? They say, well, you, you find out when it's appropriate to sit. 
when the elders sit down and start eating, that is when they partake. So before this, we're told of... I jumped a little bit too far here. Before this, we're told of a life cycle age between this commune. So there are seasons that they partake in for them to um, be able to do certain things in their life. So they're saying, you know, you have up until the age of 18 uh, is your first cycle. And then from 18 to 36 is like when you can have sex. And then from 36 up to 54 is when you're classified as uh, being able to be a working adult, work in the, in the village and that. 54 to 72, you become an elder. And then they make the joke, what happens after 72? And their friend from who brought them here is just like, well, you know, and you go, that's funny. <laughs> it comes around. So back to it, to the elders that we see here. They finish up, they take a drink, take a shot, and then they're taken away on these chairs like a like an old pharaoh would be back in the Egypt days and shit. So obviously something's going on here. Because we don't know anything else about these elders. Scenery changes, we go around to this massive rock formation. They're, they're sitting on this flat flat earth, massive mountain at the top here with a ledge, and you're just going, fuck, they're going to jump. And they're not even there yet, but you know, uh, they, these guys are going to jump. This is a sacrifice. And they're up there wondering what's going on. They see the people up there. They cut the elders' hands, wipe it on this runey rock. And then the uh, female elder takes a breath, does some... And then just falls flat, like planks it down onto a massive rock. Head smashed straight in. I was like, fuck, here we go. Getting some shit. She's fucked up and the friends are just like, what the fuck? What has just happened? So there's two other other English people in this group that came over from um, another guy's exchange in England. Brought two friends over from the outside into the community. They're freaking out. They're like, what the fuck? This is fucked. What do you mean you're not helping them? You're just fucking sitting here watching. What the fuck? They're all freaking out. And then the uh, the male elder gets up there as well. Does the same thing. He pin drops down. So he pin drops down. Doesn't die. Legs. Legs are all this way and that. And then he's just you know, crying out, wailing in pain. As you would be if you fucking did that. And then everyone else in the commune starts mimicking his cries. Like they're one with him. And they're all wailing and screaming. The other two people are freaking out still. The main group of people are just sort of like, oh my god, oh, oh Jesus, this is, this is not right. Then they get a mallet, and then they just all start, one hit each, beat the mallet in until he's dead, squash his face in, very graphic, so if you're squeamish, be careful of that part. So he's dead, he's squashed in, the um, Simon and Connie, they want to fuck off and run away, the... Um, there's another main woman in this who I guess is now the new leader of the group or was the leader of the group or something. Um, sort of saying, you know, this is this is what, you know, this is our religion. This is what we do. They've reached their age of 72. They know this, like, they, they, they take pride and happiness and joy in being able to do this. They fulfill themselves. This is, this is how we are. This is what we do. And they're just, you know, this is fuck, this is stupid, fuck off. 
Um, this is an instant sort of a flicker of an idea that you could say um, these people are going to get fucked because this could be a sign of disrespect because there's a few of the commune members when they are freaking out they're looking around like what are they doing like are they disrespecting our religion of what we do you feel like something's going to happen to these guys um, so after all that they all get back to the village and such everyone's a little bit shaky and and, and shaken up about what just happened um, which you know as you, as you as you would be if you just watched two people jump off a fucking rock um, so this is when the first parts of the ritual start to come in and you know this is not a normal type of ritual type deal it's more more fucked up shit's gonna happen yeah so as I was saying with Simon and Connie something may happen we see Connie gonna pack her shit she's she wants to leave doesn't know where Simon is they say one of the one of the elders comes around and says oh Simon was taken to the train station we only had a ute could only see two people, driver and one passenger. She's like, oh, she never, no one told me. No one knew who was gone. Knew gone. <laughs> okay. So, she's like, fuck it, whatever. Walks off herself. Um, we pan through a few other scenes of the other, the other group in their own separate areas. Looking around, getting told by elders, you know, that they can do their thesis and all this. And then they briefly hear a man screaming in the background. And they all hear like, what was that? And no one, send, no one takes any more notice after that. I was just like, yeah, that's, that's normal. It's just, yeah. We're cool. So we get that. The Connie and Simon are fucked. That's all it is. So we start, then, um moving more into the the depths of this religion, this cult, this group, of who they are, what they support in that. Um, they find the ancient texts that they get updated regularly. Um, and the person updating the text now is currently their deliberately inbred kid who just does finger painting in the books and then they somehow interpret it into text. Because they believe he's some sort of oracle and some, you know, he has this perfectly unclouded judgment and very open mind and shit. So, the deliberate inbreeding is just, that's just weird. He's got a fucked up face. It's fucking weird. Um, so, Josh is learning about this, these guys, um, through these texts. He's like, can I take a photo of these? Because he's doing his thesis paper and that. Elder looks at him and he's like, no, no. He's basically just saying, fuck you. I just showed you this shit. You want to fucking out me on this? Fuck you, man. Puts it away and he's just like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Um, and then we get Mark, played by Will Poulting, Mr. Eyebrows himself, um, gone for a piss on the sacred tree where they spread the ashes of all their dead elders. 
and he's pissing on him and one guy comes over and he's fucking furious and the fuck your friend's pissing on our tree dude starts crying he's like oh, well, I just need to take a piss like fuck it's all these toilets here and shit I just want to take a piss I don't know, how am I supposed to know and then you go you're gonna be fucked now and truth be told he does get fucked he gets fucked up um so after them we go back to another uh, a lunch I think, I think it's lunch they're all at the table again um and the first thing off about about this scene is the fact that Christian's drink is a little bit more red than everyone else's it's a perfect line of, of cups on the table they're all got like a nice orange juicy type of texture drinking to them and Christian's is a little bit more pink than it should be and this is where that painting comes into effect of the whole love ritual spell and then you go he eats his pie pulls out a hair from his mouth it's a pube and you go ah oh, fuck this is this is gross this is whack so this is already going to happen. Uh, and then Mark is then lured away by a woman. And... Uh, poor guy. You just know he's just getting taken away to be killed. We don't see him for the rest of that day. Um, goes to night time. Josh is then... He's so curious. He wants to go back to those texts. He wants to take the photos. He wants he wants you to take back with him. As, as any greedy guy would that stumbles across community like this. Starts taking photos, turns around and there's just a naked guy standing there. And he thinks it's Mark. Upon closer inspection, it is the guy with Mark's face on. So he skinned his face off and he's wearing it. Josh gets clobbered in the back of the head with the hammer. He gets fucked. And he, he gets fucked. He gets dragged away. That's, that's all him done. Um, so next day, more drugs. Now we're dancing. Danny's now going to partake in this dancing competition around the Maypole. Excuse me. Um, she's going to dance around this, this Maypole tree. It's a competition to determine the May Queen. Uh, to endurance competition. Keep dancing until you fall down. There's more. There's more behind it to a, the, their their religion as to why they do it. But she takes a bunch of drugs, starts hallucinating shit again, and just starts dancing like crazy. And she ends up winning. Winning the whole thing. Becomes the May Queen. Um, and at this point, this is when the, the love ritual is coming into effect with between Christian and one of the younger girls in the tribe that's trying to get him, lure him into impregnator. Uh, he gets given a drug drink as well. More drugs, as it always is. Um, as uh, as Danny's won the May Queen dance and they're sort of having a, a feast for her and then they take her away because she now has to go bless the crops and livestock for, you know, long prosperity and all that. Um, Christian is then led away through a nice petal of roses pathway type deal. He looks fucking ruined like these drugs are fully fucking him. Uh, he's led away and change into one of their white robes. He's then led to this building, open the door, and all you see is 
<laughs> I fucking I giggled at this this part. This was fucking so stupid. It was ridiculous. Um, door opens. You have eight or nine women in like a in like a semicircle, all naked, dead naked, bush, everything, different ages, older, younger, and then the the main girl that's there to you know. That, that's lured him here. She's lying there on this little grassy flower bed, all nice, prettily laid out, you know, the, the kind of way you'd want to have sex, you know. And she's there, and then opens up her legs. Another woman comes over, takes his robe off, and he's just there, full frontal, dick and all. He's led over, starts fucking her. And then it all starts to get weird. You, you're getting this sex scene. And mimicry is a big thing in this movie where uh, any... They're all there to sort of support each other. And if someone's making some sort of sound, they're going to mimic it. So as this girl's having an orgasm, they're all around her having an orgasm as well. And then eventually one of the old one comes up and starts pushing the guy's bum to like trying to get him to finish faster, like, okay, like this isn't for enjoyment, this is for you know procreation needs. Just finish, give it a baby. <laughs> so whack. He comes and then it's like the moment he, he blows, it's like the drug is worn off instantly. He gets up. Um But just before that, sorry. Danny comes back from this little ceremony thing she had to do can hear the orgasm come from the building. She walks over, looks through the keyhole and sees it happening. She just thinks Kristen's cheating on her because he's been a shit boyfriend this whole time. So she's under this impression that he's just a shit guy and is just falling for another girl and is cheating on her. No idea that he's under some sort of spell, but he's still a shit boyfriend anyway. He's a shit guy. Um, so she run, runs off crying into her quarters. And as I said about mimicry... All the girls around her are crying with her and they're wailing and she doesn't feel so alone anymore. You know, before it's like she all she could do was run away and hide and, and really cry to herself. Now it's like all these other women are with her, feeling her pain and being there for her in this weird situation. So then come back to Christian's dick. Walks up, realizes obviously, oh, fuck this chick, what's going on? Um, runs out of the building, bloody dong. The dude's dick is bloody. It's subtle, but if you look at it, it's bloody. Starts running around butt naked everywhere because he's coming out of this trip. Goes into this other building and turns around and sees Simon is strung up in a sacrificial ritual, blood eagle pose. Um, if you look up the blood eagle, it's a, a real thing in like the old old Norse Viking days and shit like that. They're still alive and they skinned him and shit. Um, heaps fucking brutal, brutal shit. Also saw Josh's leg poking out of a garden. Um, he gets drugged again. Again, more fucking drugs. It's all there is is drugs and this is a bad advocate movie for children. Kids, don't watch this movie. Too many drugs. It's not a good thing. Um, this drug is basically paralyzing. It was just like a powder they sprayed into his face. He becomes paralyzed. He can't talk, can't move. Put him in a wheelchair. Um, and then we get to the, the end of this whole sacrificial thing where the leader is, you know, announcing they were um, 
this is where you get the full sense of, of what this ritual and sacrifice is. So it's nine sacrifices um, for their deity, whoever they fucking worship, whatever it is. They have the outsider, the four outsiders, so Simon, Connie, Josh, and Mark. Um, you had the two elders of the commune, then two volunteers who volunteer themselves to be sacrificed as well. Uh, and then Danny, being the Mayflower Queen, has the choice to one more outsider and a villager. And the other outsider is Christian, who is paralyzed in this wheelchair, just looking at her, and she's just staring at him, and you can tell this is just like the the best like breakup move ever. Because they're like, who do you choose? And she doesn't say it, but then they move on to the end of the ritual. There's a big yellow building in the in the outlier of this film in the village, which we don't know about until now. And that's the sacrificial building that this whole thing is going to take place in. So they line up all the dead bodies that they've already got at the sacrifices, the two living people, and then we see uh, this bear on a table and they're skinning it and gutting it. And then they bring up Christian. And then they put Christian into the fucking bear. This is a very Tusk move. <laughs> Kevin Smith movie Tusk. If you haven't seen it, don't see it. So he's in this bear suit and they put him right dead center in the middle of this sacrificial temple that they set ablaze um, uh, as the the ending of the sacrifice. This is the last piece of the puzzle. This is the last step of their ritual. And as the place is burning, you know, the, 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 the two people still alive start wailing out, crying. Mimicry again, all the villagers are now wailing as if they're on fire and shit, feeling the pain as well. And then we see Danny dancing as the May Queen, she's crying, she's wailing as well. And then as the building burns down, pants to her again, and she just has this smile. And then the movie ends. <whistles> Fuck. This has been a long ride already. I didn't know I was going to go this long for this fucking movie. So. This movie was fucked. There's still so much I don't understand about this, but, you know, in terms of how this movie can be taken, it can be taken as Danny just lost her mind by the end of it. That smile was a snapping moment of just... Mentally, she's just gone. She's done. You know, she was holding onto the clutches of the memory of her, of her dead parents and her sister. Um her boyfriend being a dick, feeling she was completely alone, had no family, because every time family was mentioned, she just clicked and and just fucking lost her shit. So, this could have been a mentally snapping moment for her. This could have also been a sudden realisation of this village, the Haga, and now her family. They've got people that cry with her, that emote with her, that really feel her pain. She now feels at one she'll probably end up leaving her days here now. And, you know, what happens after this, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. This is a sacrifice that happens only once every 90 years. After that, they just bring in other people to, to, to fuck and have babies with from the outside. So they're pretty normal after that, you know. It's just once every 90 years they're a bit fucked up. But, when you look at, um, when you look at the deaths of, of all the outsiders and that, that's like they were, it's like they were definitely handpicked 
um, by their friend who brought them over here. Like, he knew Mark would be a dickhead because he was just this, you know, guy that didn't obviously care about, you know, religion or customs, practices, you know, knew he'd do something stupid to get out of line. Um, knew that Josh would just want to dive too far in into researching this place, even after being told that he couldn't, just knowing the type of person he was. Danny being this lovely, beautiful woman would make a perfect May Queen or something, or at least to compete in it. So it's definitely like this was always going to be a, a game plan. It was always manufactured to be this way, whether that be through more people in this village or by a higher power deity that they worship. I don't know. But there were always going to be people that were going to die. It was always going to be that way. So, there's not much else that I can really think of to say makes this movie make sense in any, in any other way. I don't know. There's all that that happened. You don't get any closure of what is the proper ending, you know, how to actually take this movie. That's why I say it's up, for, it's up for interpretation how you want to take it. You take it however you think. Uh, mainly it's just, I think it's just an evolution of Danny herself and just going from uh, such a mentally breakdownable person from the start to now being, I guess, cleansed in a way uh, and now with a real family because she's had so many issues before. So, that, that that's Midsummer, you know. The what what I watched after this and that didn't give me too much more insight into it, other than that stuff with Danny and that whether she you know snapped or she's you know becoming with a family and stuff like that and understanding the deaths a bit more and seeing extra paintings behind there and and, and whatnot. There's just a lot of weird shit in this movie and it's it's slow at points. It picks up here, picks up there. It has some good gory moments in it that can, you know, appease a horror person in a way. But ultimately, I think you just really have to want to think about a movie and try to gauge something off it and, you know, find meaning where there isn't and uncover extra stuff that other people can't. That's what this movie does. So... When I put this in comparison to Hereditary, they're different movies, but they follow a similar pattern. I prefer Hereditary, definitely. This isn't a bad movie, but for me, for me, I put this at like I give it like a six point five out of ten. You know, it's 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 good. I can appreciate the cinematography. It's filmed really well. The location is beautiful. Um, Again, it's a small budget movie. It was like seven, eight million or something like that. It's great for what Ariasta can do. This is a guy that directed two fucking feature movies, Hereditary and this. I'd say he's off to a banging start. He's he's got a bright future, and all I hope is that whatever next, whatever he does next, hopefully doesn't dive into more religious cult worshippers something a bit different because we've got two movies like that now they're both similar 
but a little bit different. But let's try and avoid that next time. But yeah, that's that's Midsommar. This has been a long ass review for it. I didn't think I'd go this long. There's hopefully it's all right. I hope you guys enjoy it. I don't fucking know. So I'm gonna end it with a bloody dong and a lot of drugs is what I put this movie down to. If they, someone said, just describe it in a sentence, I'd say, drugs and a bloody dung. So until next time, where me and Jack, hopefully, when everything goes back to normal, we will do a, a final part on this where we will share the opposing views. So I'll give my views on Hereditary. He can give his views on Midsummer When we're together, and just do it as one episode, back on the couch... Um, I think it would be interesting because I have different opinions on Hereditary. I'm sure he has different opinions on Midsommar as well. He's he's a lot smarter in, in interpreting these movies than I am. For me, I just need more blood and gore and I'm happy. You know, just slash away. You know, I, I like the Green Inferno more than this. <laughs> um, guys, thank you for listening to the You Like That podcast, the solo isolation sessions. Um coming back to you as much as we can try to get more pumping through the week more solo stuff more relevant movies um follow us on all the socials that'll be all linked below um like share subscribe tell your mum tell your dad don't tell your grandparents because you can't see them but send them a letter or something maybe um so yeah that's Midsommar this is Ariasta Week I'm Adam You like that podcast? Very good.